like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. I have another gift of music for you today for Song of the Soul. We're headed to Central Oregon to visit with Lindy Gravel. I want to mention that Lindy came to my attention through one of our listeners who recommended I check out Lindy. So I did, and thankfully so. Just remember that you may know someone I need to have on, and I welcome your emails and your comments at northernspiritradio.org. But back to Lindy Gravel. Raised as part of a family band in small town Oregon with years in Nashville, I'm sure you'll find yourself richer for your acquaintance with Lindy's piano, her voice, her lyrics and songs, and with the sweet and engaging person she is herself. Lindy Gravel joins us by phone from Bend, Oregon. Lindy, I'm really pleased to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Oh, Mark, likewise. Uh, this is quite a, a... A new thing for me. I'm very flattered and happy to be here with you. You mean with your nine CDs out there, you haven't done just loads and loads of radio interviews? Well, I've done radio interviews, but never with this interesting soul thing, you know? (laughs) Were you at all concerned when I asked you to pick out the music of your soul that that was going to be a hard chore or that was something that was counterintuitive for you in some way? How did you feel about it? Well, I had to give it a little thought, of course, but then I realized that I do go to some deeper places, I think, with some of my songs, and so it didn't seem all that odd, maybe, once I came to grips with the idea, and I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, I I love to talk about faith, religion, philosophy, those kinds of things, so you, you hit a part of my personality that responded. Well, the person who recommended that I have you on my program, her name's Judy, she obviously got that from listening to your music, so that's how I connected with you. You know, you're way over there in Oregon. I wouldn't have normally just run into you here in Wisconsin, so, you know, fortunately we've got mutual friends now. I don't know which Judy you're speaking of, but thank you, Judy, for making the connection for us. (laughs) It's pretty cool. So can you give me an example of music that you definitely decided, no, I'm not going to include it for Song of the Soul? Probably Up Against the Wall, Redneck Mother. Um, (laughs) 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 It sounds kind of deep, though. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in Texas, it works really well, you know. Actually, it works everywhere I've ever, I have sung that song, obviously, but I didn't think it was probably one we would want to include. I was reading the notes on your website, Lindy, and I saw that your first time on stage, you weren't the lead production, I guess, but maybe you weren't even really playing your ukulele or whatever it was you had, but it was at the age of three 
Now, this is a musical family you come from? Yeah. My father played guitar, and he sang, and he loved mostly country music, although he dabbled in some other styles. But he loved making music, and he and my mother produced seven kids. And my father, I don't know, maybe we just had the bug like him, and he kind of made a family band out of the first five of us. It was just a kind of a way of life. It wasn't that we played professionally to survive. It was more of a, an adjunct to his dairy farming business. And then my father went into, and mother, I should say, nightclub uh, restaurant business. And music fit right along in all of that. And Because once uh, they went in bar and restaurant business, well, we were playing music every weekend, Fridays and Saturdays, you know. It was easy to figure out who the house band was? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that the first five out of the seven of you were in the band. What happened with the last two? Did you run out of instruments or what? No, it was just timing, I think, because the gaps in the ages, uh, as the oldest ones moved out and went on their own, you know, to lead their lives, by the time it came down to me, I... It was my father, my brother on drums, and me on piano, and I think my dad just kind of was happy to just do a trio at that point instead of five kids and him, which I guess would have been six. You know, maybe it was just the timing and his age. He wanted it simpler, maybe. I don't know exactly. But And both of my younger siblings are very musical, can carry a tune, keep a beat and everything, but it's just one of those things that just happened the way it did, and we went along with it. So where are you in the family? Number five. So the, it was the two right after you that didn't get the same music bug or... Right, or just they weren't, you know, recruited because it was already a, a done deal with the trio. It was a full sound, I guess. My father and I were kind of carrying the load with the vocals and my brother on drums just rounded it out. And I wrote a song called Music in Me that kind of is a tribute to my father and how he inspired me, I guess, to fall in love with music. And I don't know, sometimes, you know, where does it come from? Is it nature or nurture? But I really can say that music is just something that I've heard from the get-go, and I still keep hearing it. It's like I've got those, what do they call them, music worms (laughs) crawling around in my brain. I can't get songs out of my head. I just get a kick out of myself driving or walking, whatever. If I pay attention, all of a sudden I'll go, oh, my God, there it is, another song. So music has been my life. (laughs) To just say it like that, that sounds kind of silly, but that's how I feel. I wrote this song, Music and Me. We're very close buddies. Lindy Gravel, Music and Me. Memories that linger in my heart. Memories that make the heart. Back a long, long time 
Music and me 
You'll find her out on the web at lindygravel.com. That was her song, Music and Me. She's got nine CDs out there. You can find them via her website, or you can find them on CD Baby or Amazon even. But one way or another, if you visit lindygravel.com, you're going to find out a lot more about her, which is how I started to accumulate some of my knowledge, Lindy, of your biography. The fact that you were on stage faking it, I think, at three. You, you, you weren't really adding to the sound, right? Well, I was singing, Mark, but the ukulele was a prop, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I held it left-handed, which is, I am a right-handed person. I don't know why they didn't correct that, or but I really didn't play it, so maybe it just didn't matter. But I get a kick out of seeing pictures where the ukulele is backwards for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I forgot to mention something that I thought maybe you would want to throw this in. On the music in me, the recording itself is a little bit different for me because of the fact that I found an old recording of my father singing that he had made at home. It was kind of rough, you know, sonically. It wasn't a great capture of his voice and his guitar playing, but it was good enough that I wanted to include it on the beginning of Music in Me. He was singing in a key that I sang Music in Me in and just kind of segues right in from him to me, like he passed the baton, and it was really kind of a fun thing to do that. So, I was wondering where that music came from. I thought it could have just been some old-time recording, but so that's your dad. So your CDs, how many of them include other members of your family? Actually, I think that's, I think that's it. Yeah, everything else has been, was done either in Nashville or here in uh, Oregon. And let's mention a little bit about where you are. You're somewhere outside of Bend, Oregon, which is eastern side of Oregon, in the desert, I guess. Yeah, but we would call it Central Oregon here. Central Oregon, <laughs> yeah. Central Oregon, yes. Okay, I realize it's not La Grande. Now, that would be northern east. Northeast, yeah. I've been there, too. Bend, the one time that I won't tell all our listeners what happened to me at two or three in the morning when I went through Bend, Oregon back in 1977. But they can be left wondering, how did you end up there? Is that where you grew up? No, I grew up in, well, I was born on the coast, Tillamook. People probably heard of the cheese. I know you're a cheese head back there in Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you, for sure. I, okay. Yeah, sure, you betcha, I am. Yeah, but then, like I said, we went from dairy farming to nightclub restaurants, which ended up in a small town in eastern Oregon called Hepner, and that's where I started really playing regularly in the Wagon Wheel Cafe and Lounge. The eastern side of Oregon, and people don't realize that they don't live here, that it's very dry. You get east of the Cascade Mountains, the rainfall drops off big time, and I really like the climate. Most people think it rains all over Oregon, but we're we're pretty dry in eastern and central Oregon. And I came to central Oregon back in the year 2000 because I wanted to be in the drier climate, and I needed more population than Hepner could offer. So the Bend, Oregon area seemed like a good fit, and I can happily say it's been a great fit. My intuition would be, though, that it would not be ideal location if you're going touring. That is to say, you've got to drive a couple hours before you get to any other place. Am I wrong? No, you're not. You either got to go west over the hill to uh, Eugene or Corvallis, the university towns, or you drive about three hours to Portland or maybe two and a half to Salem. But all of those are on the other side of the mountains. So it's a little bit of an isolated area here in, in that regard. But there's, I don't know, 100 plus thousand people now in the central Oregon area, and it keeps growing. 
lots of nice places to play, and it's working. <laughs> so. What is your religious, spiritual background? I run into the word God a lot in your songs. Yes. But... I don't have any sense of a clear belief or pattern, either what you grew up with or what's now. What is that? Well, it has changed quite a bit. I was born and raised, baptized a Catholic girl, pretty much followed all of the Catholic teachings and whatnot up through high school. But upon graduation and getting out on my own, I kept finding myself asking too many questions that didn't get the answers. I didn't feel like the church could provide everything I was seeking, I guess. I don't know. I So I was kind of a floundering Catholic after I got out on my own. And as far as a formal, that was it. I've never really joined any other church. Uh, I did get into, I lived in Nashville for 15 years, met a lot of really spiritual singer-songwriter people that were there trying to do what I was trying to do, you know, make it in the music business. But there was this group of mostly women that we would meet once a week. We called it Spiritual Night. Spiritual Night dipped into all kinds of interesting ideas and uh, alternate things from formalized religion, and I was really attracted to it. Um, I don't know, maybe some people would call it New Age, or we had a, I remember a gal that who could communicate, she said, with the dead. She channeled, she would write stuff out and print it, and we would all have it to take with us. And I thought it was marvelous stuff. It was out there, I guess, for somebody who was raised like I was in a very formal religion. But I really enjoyed all of that. And then I was attracted to the Unity Church movement. There was a Unity Church not too far from where I lived. I started going to their services and really enjoyed it. And a lot of it was being, of course, in Tennessee and Nashville, that area, a lot of very talented musicians and singers, and, and you'd go and you could hear beautiful music. And the whole congregation doing like a five-minute meditation while a grand piano was playing just gorgeous music, you know. And I'd sit there and close my eyes and could just feel, you know, this vibe that was like, whoa, very positive stuff. I hung on to that. I was a daily word reader for years. And... Something has happened in the last couple of years of my life where now I've evolved into, or devolved, I don't know what I should say, but I've changed my focus and I'm exploring more Buddhism, just reading books and paying a little more attention to what it has to say, uh, and I've just really grasped onto that. So are you saying that there's a good Buddhist group there in Bend? Well, I think there is some, there is actually, I mean, I'm aware of a few, I saw some things in our newspaper I read. But I have not joined a group. I'm just reading stuff on my own. And once in a while, I'll talk about it with a friend or something, but I haven't formalized it with a group thing. And I'm not sure I want to do that either. I don't know. <laughs> it's not screaming at me to do that. You know, I always figure that anyone who's deeply into music in the way that you are, and, you know, as you were talking about in music and me, it's a deep part of your spirituality. I imagine you feel it to be sacramental when you're involved in making music. Is that wording that works for you? Sacramental? Yeah, it's like a sacrament. It's it's a holy moment. Okay, yeah. I was just thinking about how I used that word before, sacramental. How do we... There's a negative aspect of that, too. Sacrilege. Oh, that one. <laughs> no, you're right. It's sacramental. Yes. I hadn't thought about it that way, though, Mark. Good. 
when you're doing music, it, it is so transporting. And there's a reason that so many churches, religious groups, that music is a significant part of what they include in their service. Actually, it's kind of strange. I'm Quaker, and it's kind of strange. We don't include it. We don't include sermons or anything in our yeah, normal service. Yeah, you guys sit there, right? You kind of sit and pray together? Do a kind of Buddhist thing, actually, but with Western roots, if you will. Interesting. So give us some more music, and we'll get more ideas of the tapestry of your soul. Okay. I'm just thinking about we're always communicating generally with words and the power of words and how the Bible or whatever you're reading or just our word is supposed to be good. And this next song is called In a Word. It seems to deal more, though, with maybe how we are with our partners, but also more in a general sense, too, just with other people. Power of the word, power of sword, you know, all that stuff. But this is about how you can really, you got to be careful sometimes with what you say. So, in a word. Too many times it seems you and I don't stop to consider If the things we say to each other each day are sweet or bitter Till a careless remark goes to the heart And one of us gets hurt And tears are shed for what's been said In a word In a word
another song by Lindy Gravel from back in 1992, In a Word. That's when it first appeared on one of her nine albums. You'll find information about them if you go to lindygravel.com. So, In a Word. you got to be careful about your words. So I was wondering, Lindy, the other side of that is sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. Evidently, that's not your philosophy. No. I'm afraid words have a lot more lasting effect than sticks and stones. I mean, when you think about our personalities and the things that shape us and the things that we hang on to that a lot of times I wish we didn't, but they stick. So words are very, very powerful in my mind. If you don't mind me asking, what's your age? Oh, uh, this has been a real big deal this year, Mark. I just turned the big 6-0. Copycat. I just turned 60, what, a week ago or something. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I turned 60 at the end of March. And the reason I asked that was not because ages or, you know, people are better or worse by any age, but it does tell me something about the experience that you've had. Differences in what's the norm for our age group in terms of men, women talking, etc. So that's why I was asking. Yeah. So you and I have common timeline experience, if you will, even though we're living in different places where there's probably different norms that way. Is it messing with your head at all to be 60? No, I'm very happy with 60. As I said, my wife is five years older, and, of course, she looks 10 years younger than I am. So, Oh, wow. (laughs) What a year's got to say about anything. That's kind of my point of view on it. Well, exactly. That's true. I've always liked kind of the older guy. My husband is almost seven and a half years older than me, and it works fine for me. Well, I'm always thinking about where am I at in my life and how's it going, and every year that goes by, what can I accomplish or what can I change? This next song, it's called Another Trip Around the Sun, was actually inspired by my mom, who at the time I wrote it, she was 85. So I wrote this song, and I got her name in it. She became a character in the song named Aggie. That is my mother's name, or was, or is, I guess. She's passed away now. But it's just another way of looking at having birthdays, kind of a different twist on a year of your life going on. It is a whole trip around the sun. So get on board. I was sitting in row 20, watching people board the plane, when an older pretty lady Sat down and asked my name She said her name was Aggie She was on her way back home After visiting her sister Who was sick and all alone She said in just a few days I'll be turning 85 And I can't believe I've been on board This earth for all this time I asked what kept her going As we lifted off the ground She said, I'm just a kid at heart And I'd like to stick around For another trip Around the sun Another year to live my life And see what I'll become Another chance To get things right And to make the good Lord proud of me Each day and night And to thank Him wonders that he's done or another trip around the sun She said she'd lost her husband more than 20 years ago 
darkest place you know And her children and their children Were the apples of her eyes And they'll make life worth living Until the day she dies I was feeling kind of guilty For my cynical point of view Of life and love and all the pain and hurt they put us through Oh, she must have read my mind And she gently squeezed my hand And then she gave my seatbelt a little tug And said these words again Another trip Val just took us on another trip around the sun. And given that both she and I attained 60 years of wisdom at this point, I'm thankful for the wisdom that gets passed on through that song. And so Lindy's here today to share her song of the soul, which is a North Spirit Radio production, on the web at northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you'll find nine years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find more information, links to our guests, like to lindygravel.com. You'll find comments, and you'll see them from other listeners. But why don't you add your voice into the mix so that we have two-way communication? There's also a place to leave donations. That is how we fund this enterprise. Look for the Donate button on northernspiritradio.org. But even more than that, I want to encourage you to support your local community radio station. Local community radio stations provide a slice of music and news that you get nowhere else on the American landscape. So please start by supporting them. Again, Lindy Gravel is here, and she's around the area of Bend, Oregon, and we just listened to her song, Another Trip Around the Sun. It kind of reminds me of a song by Holly Near, if you know who she is. 
she wrote a song ages ago, probably 30 years ago or whatever, called Old Time Woman. Take a listen to that one. You'll enjoy it. I've had her on my show way back at the beginning, almost nine years ago. Do keep us going, though, with your music. What else would you like to share, Lindy? Well, we'll take everybody in here on the next one. Uh, We have this song called Friends. It's kind of a funny little thing. I didn't spell it with an S on the end. I put a Z on the end of the title, which I don't even know if people really pick up on. But it's kind of a code spelling of the word for a core group of friends that I have made since I've been in Oregon in the last few years that are based in California, and they're in the wine business. They're delightful people. They like to make some of their own wine on the side, not just being in the business, but, you know, as a hobby. And they have their friends help them bottle it. And I've been included, my husband and I, on a few of those adventures of bottling our own wine. And the label is called Friends Wine. I wrote this song kind of with them in mind, but it obviously it took on anybody that has friends. And I've been laughing lately about somebody telling me that friends are God's apologies for your family. So <laughs> I'm sorry, family, but at times it can feel that way. And I just I wanted to write a tribute to friendship, and that's what it is. And as people are listening to this song, I want to give them forewarning. At the end, you got some other voices joining in, singing and laughing and so on. Are those some of those friends? Uh, is this done around a, a glass of wine or something? Yeah, it was in the studio, but it's definitely some of those friends. Just wanted it to sound like, yeah, people having a good time together. That's what friends like to do generally, you know. Friends by Lindy Gravel. They're not a sister or a brother, a father or a mother. They're those special kind of others we call friends. Some you've known since school days, a lot you've made along the way. And any day is a good day for friends. It's just good to be around 
is with a Z on the end. So what kind of settings do you play in there around Bend or, you know, further afield? Predominantly it's bars or restaurant bars, Mark, you know. I, <laughs> that, I still like doing that. I grew up in it and it still feels very comfortable and, and I enjoy it. I don't have the sense, though, that bars are usually the listening is not receptive. And there's other thinking and talking and paying attention going on, unless you've got special places there by Bend. No, I'm just lucky that I went on a particular place I call my home bar where I have a handful or more than that of fans that will show up at almost every gig, and they like to sit up close. It's almost piano bar atmosphere, which I also have done, where people are very close. It really becomes kind of our own little party. And at the other end of the bar, maybe they're watching the football game or whatever, but it's okay because as long as I have this little core group, it works for me. I feel like they care, they're listening, they're involved. And sometimes before the night's over, I even get, I get those people at the other end of the bar. They're up listening and watching, and it's kind of fun to just see if it can happen that way, you know. <laughs> but I do other things. Last night I was in concert in a little high school auditorium, and I was entertaining a square dancing convention. <laughs> And it was great. <laughs> I always figure that when someone's a singer-songwriter like you are, Lindy, that the songs you share, it's not just if you do them well, it's that the words are coming from your soul. So in some ways, it's always risky to put that in front of a group. Yeah. You experience it that way? I'm... Sometimes, yes. I've got a song right now. I didn't. I don't even have it recorded, and I was kind of wishing I'd had it ready for your program. It's very um, soul-searching kind of. It's. I just ask a bunch of questions in the song. It's called "What If," and every line begins, almost every line, with "What If," and then it's ask a question. What if you got up each morning and always put on a smile? And it goes from there clear to the end of asking, "What if all the fighting could end and we could start brand new?" goes from personal to global, and I'm kind of excited about it, but yet I'm scared of it, too, because, again, it's one of those kind of songs that, I don't know, people might not like. Sometimes I've, I remember the, the song Imagine, which I love. I think John Lennon wrote, 
you know, he says no religion in that song, but I think it's great thought-provoking stuff, and it all boils down, I think, Mark, to love is the big answer, the perfect answer. <laughs> we were talking earlier about that. Lindy's perfect answer, it's four letters, it's L-O-V-E. And if you've always got that in your voice, your words, your thoughts, you strive to be a loving person in all that you do, I don't know how you can go wrong. It's the way it strikes me. I mean, I'm on that page. Uh, there's a song by Peter Alsop. He's not way far away from you, just a few hours drive, I'm sure. Love is the only medicine. When someone gets injured, love is the only medicine. I don't know. We have a society that pretty much believes a lot in sticks rather than carrots. So you got a problem? Okay, well, if I just paddle you hard enough, maybe it'll get you motivated to go the right direction. I guess you're probably not so much a stick person, maybe more a carrot, a carrot cake person, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to keep asking the questions and keep offering some of my, what I think are some maybe good ideas of what people should do for each other and to make this world a little better place. And that I think that might segue into a song, Mark. I'm thinking about tell the ones you love that you do. It'll be a lot better place. And if we peeked into your house, Lindy, would we see that at work? Oh, yeah. And my husband and I, to just say I love you, it comes out a lot, day and night. I never get tired of hearing it, and I don't ever tire of saying it. And now uh, every phone conversation with siblings, friends, it's I love you. Because I look back at what happened, uh, you know, at 9-11. That was a turning point for me in my mind to finally realize, and maybe also in conjunction with just getting older, that you can't take for granted that everybody you love is always going to be around there to, to have in your life. So take advantage of a moment to say I love you and say it out loud. Tell them. The paper said she died unexpectedly And I wondered about the one she left behind Were they happy with the last words they spoke to her Or were they sad for things they never said But always felt inside Tell the ones you love that you do Tell them any day or night Before another day is through Even though you think they know it They need to hear it too Straight from you If it's in your heart What are you waiting for? You never know when life my clothes at door Take my advice Don't say goodbye Without I love you And tell the ones you love Tell the ones you love You do If you think You'll save it For some special time Cause maybe it would mean much more that way Well, the woman in the paper Was a friend of mine And what I wouldn't give for any time To say those words today Tell the ones you 
the ones you love you do by lindy gravel lindygravel.com she's here for song of the soul today and obviously a soul filled with love and trying to pass that on have you been able to do that i mean if you're 60 uh, your parents may or may not be around anymore i lost my mother when i was nine and she was 30. So, you know, sometimes these things come way early. And I was just realizing I turned 60 and my dad died when he was 67. Did we have the time? Yeah, we did connect up toward the end there. We were able to say some of this stuff. But has it been your experience? Did you get to say it to your grandmother, grandfather, or did this awareness come a little bit late for that? I think it came later because, you know, in my family growing up, we didn't really say it to each other, and I've actually found that there's a lot of people in my generation who would share the same story. I don't know exactly why, but it certainly has gotten in my vocabulary now. My grandparents, too, were, were gone when I was little. I had one grandmother who was still alive. I think she died when I was nine years old, but didn't really get much of that with her. My own father died at 63. Although we had a lot of playing music together, a lot of time spent together in that regard, but it wasn't real verbal uh, off stage. I mean, when he was dying, he was able to tell me that he loved me in the hospital, and that was totally out of character in a way. I mean, it was like, whoa, I guess he's really going to die because he just said something that's not like didn't sound like my dad. You know what I mean? Then I have a sister who started signing off on her telephone conversations with I love you to us other siblings and her children, blah, blah, blah. Well, it kind of caught on. She started something there in our family that we now, we all say it when we get off the phone or when we're parting ways. I've got a suggestion for you. You can judge whether it's great or not. But (laughs) (laughs) that is a norm in so many conversations or letters or something. You know, you say, I love you, whatever, at the end. Why don't you just go something radical, start out the conversation and say, hello, how are you doing? I love you. Now, let's get down to the details of that. (laughs) Ah, I like that. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe it'll grow in your family and your connections. Could be. Yeah, very good. (laughs) 
How did that just come to you, or have you thought about that? No, it just came to me. I do realize with my son, we end by saying I love you, and I really appreciate that connection. And, you know, he's had my love all his life, and he knows it. It's just be interesting if instead of having it kind of at the end, where it could be perfunctory or the norm, if I did it at the beginning, I was just thinking, how would that land on him? Hmm. Well, we'll have to try it out. Yeah. He'll probably survive the experience. Yeah. (laughs) I suppose he would. That's really cool. Try it. I'm going to try it, too. You will, I will. (laughs) I will. We'll do it together. Well, Lindy, we probably get near the end of our broadcast hour here, so I better get one more song out of you. People will be disappointed if you don't give me at least one more. Can we have one to finish off? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, we've been talking about all these earthly things, and I had to write a song called Heaven. What is heaven, you know? I just decided if it really is the place where good people go after they die, then by golly, I hope I'm one of those people that gets to go and I hope I can see everybody that I've had to say goodbye to and that would be so cool. And I don't, you know, with my flailing faith and organized religion and things, I don't know if I believe there really is this place or not. I don't know, but it's a nice thought and it was enough to make me want to write this song. We're going to listen to the song Heaven by Lindy Gravel. This will be the last song we have time to share for today's song. So, Lindy, I really enjoy your music. I enjoy you. I enjoyed my fleeting visit to Bend, Oregon back in (laughs) 1977. And maybe I'll just have to come back and sit in your favorite bar and listen a little bit oh that would be so cool mark you're just a delight yourself i this is that connection thing here we go where it's living proof how you found me and the music and talking to you makes me want to meet you and hug you and say i love you mark (laughs) (laughs) you're a good guy Well, we're going to send you folks out with one more beautiful song by Lindy Gravel. It's called Heaven. You can find Lindy at lindygravel.com or come via the link on Northern Spirit Radio if you're spelling challenged like I am. Find her on CD Baby, check out her music, or just drop into Bend, Oregon and listen as she plays around the area. Thank you again so much, Lindy, for joining me for Song of the Soul. Oh, thank you. Beautiful pleasure. Heaven by Lindy Gravel. See you next week for Song of the Soul. Goodbye, my friend. You've come to the end of life as you've known it on earth. Your pain is gone. I'll carry on. But losing you is still gonna hurt. If heaven's the place where good people go, then I know just where you are. And I shouldn't complain that life's not the same. And oh, how I need you here to hear. I don't blame angels for taking your hand And walking you through heaven's door I guess heaven must have needed 
for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul